0: Hey Christian. Hey Karen. How are you? I'm reasonable.
1: <laughs> and you tired.
0: We're recording this very early on Thursday. Okay, it's uh, six. Well, it's 559 a.m.
1: Exactly. One minute to six. Yes. As to one second to midnight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Oh. God, it's been a pretty busy week, really, with Kylie, isn't it? Let's go to the word is out section. So removal men were seen carrying her furniture out of her London home. It's it's official. She's. I, I thought she would have actually kept her London home.
1: Well, yeah, I have thought she'd have, have it as a, you know, a place to, to kind of crash. But clearly she's um, staying in lots of hotels. I don't understand why. I wonder, it feels like there's a big uproot, unless she's planning to move in with her lover, and we don't know this yet. Oh, but wouldn't her lover move in with her?
0: I Like, she's probably got a bigger house, right? Well, Did GQ on, pay that well? Probably, I
1: suppose. Yeah, possibly. Um, but she's, you know, she is living in a London flat. So maybe her... Yeah, this is only like a small place. for It's her, her pad, her base, when she's travelling. So maybe his is much, much nicer. Who knows?
0: She might be renting it out. She might be a landlady now. Oh
1: my God, that's the two of you at the same time. That's <laughs> Kieran's moving home, aren't you?
0: I am, next week.
1: Everyone's on the move. <laughs> I know.
0: Very exciting. Um, the one-show performance, what did you think of that? Because Kylie performed with Ollie on the one show over here in the UK... Um, what do you think of her
1: performance?
0: I didn't. I, I didn't watch the interview. I only watched the performance.
1: Ah, uh, right. The performance of it was really good because she she had lot that lovely kind of choir that came on mid-song. Um, uh, it,
0: it got it was good. Like up to half, halfway, she started warming up, and it got better towards the end. I thought.
1: Oh, I don't know. I was kind of. I was there from the beginning. I quite enjoyed it. I thought she was very good. I thought the two of them worked very well together. And the more I see them together, the more I want them to do more things together. I kind of almost want her to be. A new member of years and years, <laughs> because I think they kind of work well together and they seem to get on really well. The interview part, which she didn't see, which you should watch because it's an interesting one. Um, she didn't seem very warmed up for that. I think she didn't feel like she was on form. You know, like last year when she was doing all those um, brilliant interviews and Zoom, not Zooms, those those yeah. online things. She was really perky and really fun. She was on this, but she just seemed a little bit reserved and she wasn't very. She wasn't reacting particularly in an exciting way when people were talking about things. Um, the interview was quite good. She did talk about moving moving on and saying that she was going to be here all the time and about how she and uh, Ollie were really good friends and how she loved working with them. So um, I don't know, th- 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 when they were talking, it kind of made me feel, oh, I want more from you because the songs that they're doing together, I really, really like.
0: There might be like a B-side, hopefully, somewhere that's kicking about that we get to hear one day of, yeah. of those two.
1: I wonder if there's more songs that they've done. Maybe they've penned a few, and maybe there'll be something else in a few months' time.
0: Hopefully, because like uh, I'm still so disappointed at the packaging, repackaging of Disco. <laughs> there has to be more content out there than just three new songs and a few remixes. So, yeah, fingers the the, crossed. Um,
1: the Deluxe album is kind of... Uh, I put it out of my head now. I'm just waiting for the new songs, and that's it. I'm not really that excited about its release. And isn't the extended song album, uh, that's kind of proved disappointing for some fans too, hasn't it? Because I yeah. think the songs are very, they're not much longer. They're probably like a,
0: it's like a couple of seconds longer. Also. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's probably just gonna be like an instrumental part of the chorus as it fades out. <laughs> Maybe, but I, have a, I have a feeling they're going to blend into each other. I think it's gonna be like a one whole long 50 plus one epic type thing. Oh God, I, hope, I, think that's I really it, I think that could be the way it might be, because at least that way you might blend into each other and it'll turn into this one long disco soundtrack.
0: Have you bought an, a copy of this or
1: pre-ordered of one? We have, No. I, I, see, I I, when I moved house, I I had to kind of sacrifice a lot of my uh, physical CDs, and um, I mean, obviously, I kept all my Kylie CDs, all my Eskin Juniors, all my Madonnas, but uh, but I you know I, I don't really want to be you know piling the place up with lots of other stuff. And I don't listen to vinyl. I don't listen to cassettes. I'm quite happy if I have it digi- digitally. So. Um, I'm quite happy to do it that way.
0: What else is in the news, Christian? So her PR person has spoken
1: out. Yeah, because her PR, Murray Chalmers, who she's worked with for 21 years, he writes a column for a local newspaper, I think, in Scotland. And he has written this really lovely piece about being her PR for 20 years, 21 years. Now, I have the minute I read this, of course, I wanted him to be on our programme, but he claims to be too shy to appear on our show, even though I assured him that we could, uh, you know, let him have approval but um, he writes a really nice little piece. I might read a little bit from it. It's from The the Courier, The Evening Telegraph, The Courier. I think it's a Scottish newspaper because he's Scottish. But if he's not, then I don't know where this newspaper is. But he says here, um, I'm gonna, let me let me begin. I first met Kylie in 2000 when she signed to the record label I, I worked for as a publicity director. We're still working together 21 years on. That's a rare occurrence in this industry. Not always built on stability, consistency even loyalty. The news that she used to locate to Australia came as a shock to those who have come to think of Kylie as British. She's been part of our lives and entrenched in our culture for so long, but hers is an appeal that transcends borders and boundaries. No matter where she is in the world, she is seen as one of us. Um, and then he goes on to just say that unlike most pop stars, she's very down to earth. She has no massive riders. Once upon a time, she just wanted to toasters and, and all manner of things. But one of his assistants would decorate her dressing room with fairy lights to make it more Hollywood showbiz. Um, it's a really lovely touching piece. Um, and I'll put the um, link into our, uh, into our uh, Instagram feed so that people can read it if they haven't seen it already. But it's a really nice touching piece that's written by somebody who, who really knows her and really paints a really lovely portrait of a pop star who is huge and global, but is very down to earth and normal.
0: Oh my God, we'd love
1: to chat with Murray. I oh, know, Murray, chat to one, us. Another person I want to get on our show is Mark Pic- Picciotti. Is that his name? Whatever his name is. The one who, <laughs> the one who, who produced uh, Butterfly and... He's just launched a series of videos um, looking back at the recording of Butterfly. And it's a really, really fascinating insight into the recording process because she, he explains that Kylie came over to um, the US. And I can't remember which city it was in, but it was in a, in a studio. It was in Chicago, I think. Oh, was it right?
0: It was, she, he was in Chicago and she went over to LA for the right. recording.
1: Um, well, in this one, he, uh, he explained, he talks about the studio they were recording in, which was very historic um uh studio which had the beach boys pl- performing there uh the beatles many other huge bands and so he was saying that uh, the thing that he said in this program that i found fascinating in episode one i haven't listened to episode two yet in episode one he said he was sent a, C- a cd from the record company with three songs on it one of them was butterfly another one of them was the barry white cover under the influence And then there was a third song, the name I can't remember now, but um, he said it was a very S Club 7 type song, which obviously hasn't made, never made the album. So I'd be curious to know that song, because apparently the songs he got were, were her own demos so it was her vocal on them so that song exists somewhere wow. and so this is a song i've never heard of before and it's got a really kind of camp title but he was saying it sounded very s club seven so he he said that um of the three he wanted to uh, record two of them but his preference was butterfly and in the end, obviously he ends up with Butterfly. I mean, that was one of the songs on the album that kind of was a little bit jarring on, on Light Years because it's the one that doesn't sound like disco mm. a lot kids. But I listened to it again the other day after I listened to the um I listened to this program and I realized it's actually a really good upbeat euphoric song. that it was huge in America, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, we definitely we,
0: we, it'd be great to chat to him as well.
1: Yeah, he's really, he seems really close about that and he, and he kept notes from, from back in the day. So everything he talks about in this programme is based on his little notes that he took and he's kept so much detail and actually it's worth any Kylie fan watching just because the amount of detail he goes into about the recording process and about all the things he remembers and uh, the conversations they had, it's just, it's really fascinating.
0: Great, well, um, amazing. I need to make sure to check these um, weekly shows out that he's putting out, but it's amazing that we get this insight with someone who's worked with Kylie so so closely. Um, very, very exciting.
1: And the thing I can't believe is he only recorded one song from him and he's already managing to get two half-hour episodes <laughs> out of this. For how long? I don't know how far this can go, but it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, it's really well worth listening. And he comes across very well, very charismatic.
0: Now, let's get a step back in time. Oh, my God, this week has been insane with some Kylie anniversaries in the anals. Um, first ones first, we need to talk about... Released on the 9th of October, 1989, the album Enjoy Yourself came into our lives. Still to this day, one of my favourite Kylie albums that I listen to pretty much weekly, like all the time. Like literally I'm obsessed with this album.
1: Well, as anyone knows who listens to this podcast, um, they'll know that Enjoy Yourself and Light Years are my two favourite Kylie albums. They're the only ones for me that are completely consistent all the way through. Um, And I remember at the time... I obviously thought I loved the first Debussy Kylie album, but when I heard Enjoy Yourself, I thought, oh "My God, that she's taken it on a step further." In fact, it wasn't even a step; she jumped up a flight of stairs. It was so <laughs> much of a, of a jump. Hearing Hand in was the first single filled me with excitement because I love the uh, lovely opening sections of the song with the, the, the overlapping vocal or the harmonised vocals, and then hearing Wouldn't Change a Thing, I was really excited. Then Never Too Late was even more exciting. Yes. And then, I mean, that was a song that I remember. As I said, I'm sure I said in the uh, album reviews a year ago. I remember when Smash Hits gave it five out of ten on their album review. The uh, song "Never Too Late" and said it was more of a yearning Jason Donovan song, which I have no idea what they're talking about because it's a Kylie song, and it's a, an amazing Kylie song. Which I keep again, like in your eyes, it's that third single that you kind of that is actually brilliant, but you kind of forget exists because mm. it's not the one that everyone talks about. But um, but then when I heard the album, I I love nothing to lose, telltale
0: signs because it's, well, it's it's a it's kind of, yeah. an album things? where you see different sides of Carly. I think.
1: Oh, and this is the that's what I really loved about this one because we had this to me. It was very very cutting edge where she not cutting edge. It was very kind of mature and grown up that she started doing these ballads that were kind of very stripped back and they weren't they didn't sound cheesy. Um, I loved um. Uh, Telltale signs. I just it was so beautiful. And I thought to myself, Oh my god, listen, listen to me. I'm listening to jazz. And it sounded like a smoky blues, jazzy. And thought, wow, this is amazing. And it, I love the melody of it. It's just a really heartbreaking song. I'd love to hear it redone now with a, with a proper orchestra as opposed to that old keyboard string sound. And also, I I always have a lovely place in my heart for my my secret heart, which I think is mm. one of the I always think it's a fan song. And every time I think of it, I remember at the time I just thought to myself, well, God, this song is me. It's what I'm thinking in my own head. And I just, I really loved it. Um, and of course I loved all the other songs. The only one, as I, as I said before, many, many times, I just didn't really care much for tears in my pillow, but you know what? Nostalgia wise, I don't mind it now.
0: You know, we have to think back in 1989, like when, when she was doing this, that she was at the peak of her fame, like across the UK and here in Australia as well. So, she left TV fame in Australia to focus on music full time. At this time, mm-hmm. back at home, she was nominated for a Logie Award for well, three Logie Awards, including the uh, most the gold Logie for most popular personality. And Madame Swords created their very first wax figure, and that they would end up doing four of her throughout throughout history.
1: Is that the one uh, with the curly wig that she had?
0: Yes, it was the one it's where she, she was kind of standing history. with her hands on her hip and one hand up. If you've got the Kylie book, the Fist book, that's the one that you open up on its first page. Yeah, yeah. 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 Also, she has a hat on the cover. (laughs) Again, obviously, it's a stockadeer. Oh, 1989. This
1: this one has a top.
0: (laughs) Yes, this one has a top.
1: And a sequel, gold sequins. What more could you ask for to match her lovely shorts?
0: She mentions Jason Donovan in the thank yous. I think that kind of deflated any rumours that they were not together when she thanked him on the album. Kylie mentioned in some press, she said, I'm so pleased with it because it's exactly how I hoped it would be, the album. She probably would oh. record it in like half an hour
1: and then left. I think she did it in two weeks. I remember her appearing on the Ozo with Andy Crane, and she said that she'd been in London for two weeks and had recorded it. And I think maybe somewhere else she said that she hadn't heard the songs back yet. She'd recorded them, but wasn't sure what they were going to sound like because obviously she just gave gave a vocal. But I remember at the time she also said that, oh, there's a song by my album that's environmental, Heaven and Earth, but we've discussed this before, uh, uh, Before, but it still makes me laugh that, you know, Heaven and Earth is an environmental song as opposed to a song that just uses the words Heaven and Earth. It's a great song, but you know what? I think this album also gave Stock Aking Waterman their first step into maturing their sound because it yeah. didn't follow their usual high-energy, you know, bom-tempy, press-the-button uh, production this was the first time, I think, where they actually each of the, the songs sounded like they obviously they were uh, done in the studio with, you know, keyboards. But, you know, there were different layers of music like in Hand In Your Heart, the, that string section in the back of the chorus of of Hand In Your Heart. I mean, for me, it's still amazing. You can hear it stripped back in, in the um, that dub version of the of the song where you can hear the just that string section. It sounds like a string quartet. I love it. Very clever. Very clever.
0: The album made top five throughout the world, however, not in Native Australia, who have probably been experiencing a little bit of Kylie fatigue at that time. It went on to sell 1.5 million copies in the UK alone, earning quadruple platinum status in less than three months. So as we know, our American friends have their own version of Enjoy Yourself, with a brand new cover, uh, and also featuring, especially for you with Jason Dodman. However, this album failed to chart over there. Ending Kylie's kind of release career over there. She only released two albums in America up until Fever, so long kind of time between drinks. Let's move on to another song that had an anniversary this week. And Christian, your favorite song, Kids, <laughs> was um, released on the 9th of October two thousand. Now this is very telling mm. because do you know the, the the you know Instagram pages we follow. You know everyone's sort of celebrating around the um, anniversaries of songs, Kylie songs. Ooh. This one I I didn't see. <laughs> no one gave a shit no one posted about the anniversary of kids interesting It's 21 years of age and no one gave a shit
1: well I mean in some ways and I think we can all agree on this it's a Robbie Williams song and Kylie's merely featured and I think at that point in time uh, Kylie probably needed the Robbie Williams magic uh, because she was coming back from a period of very low sales so this Light Years album was meant to be you know, they wanted to make sure it was returned to pop stardom. So I guess they had to shove this song on the album, which is silly in a way because, you know, he'd written two songs on the album anyway. So that could have been enough of a push to get Robbie fans to maybe get involved. You know what? A song in itself is not awful. I mean, I don't, it's not my favorite song. It's a little bit too rowdy for me. And as I've said before, it always reminds me of going to straight bars and you just see women go mad because it's, it's a really empowering song for women. They love it. Um, but as a, it's not a bad song. It's just not a song that fitted on the album. So I think it's just one of those things. They, it just felt like one of those uninvited guests. that's sitting around the table You just think, God, I wish you'd go away. But, it's, <laughs> but it just remains there and stays all the time. And actually, it turns out to be the loudest person in the room. You know, most irritating one. So, uh, oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> yeah, Robin no. Williams
0: mentioned to the Daily Mirror I basically fancy her always have and it's and it was a kick for me she's a fantastic singer I was like Kylie I fancy you can you sing on my record please I was really nervous we got together I couldn't even speak to her that's what he oh. said to the Daily Mirror yeah
1: the video was really good it was a really fun video and it, she looked like she was having fun there's a bit of sauce in there I love the bit where kind of, the cameras flying around them in, the, in that mirror area thing Um, I loved it. It was a good video. As I said, the song... Very suggestive
0: video. It's a very suggestive video. (laughs) with champagne cork popping at the end.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing with Robbie. I mean, I love Robbie because he's very cheeky and you know, he's got a great sense of humour. So, I mean, he's a great person to work with. I kind of wish you'd work with him again. I know know he wrote that other song for her a couple of years ago, the disco song that ended up in the musical The Boy in a Dress. Uh, But after hearing it I wasn't a big fan of it
0: on the 10th of October 1988 Je ne sais pas pourquoi was released um, it went to number 2 in the UK and number 11 in Australia uh, fell short of the number 1 spot in the UK by only 500 copies and do you know what beat it?
1: no uh, 88 uh, Bright items.
0: no Enya Orinoco Flow. So that was the the song that that, stopped her from getting to number one. You could be
1: beaten to number one by a song. Orinoco Flow was a global sensation, so that's kind of excusable.
0: Apparently this song is Pete Waterman's favourite track on the album, interestingly.
1: Uh, I mean, this was a song that was a little bit more uh, mature, wasn't it? If you listen to uh, the Kylie album, it was one of those, uh, it it wasn't an in-your-face pop song. It was kind of a little bit more laid back. I never really warmed to the song to start with because it was a little bit low key, but I appreciate it a lot more. And I love the version she does on the Showgirl tour. I think that was a beautiful mm. version of it. Really, really good. And also DJ Argonaut has done an amazing remix of it where it's absolutely sensational. I heard it about five, six years ago and I was mesmerized by it and I had to find it and somebody sent it to me, not knowing who DJ Argonaut was at the time, but it's really, really good. It's a great song.
0: It's probably not one of my favorites on the first Kylie album I have to admit. Um it's probably one that I don't really listen to a lot now, but I I yeah, I enjoy it. It's there and I'm glad for it. Even thing- though it went to number 2 here in the UK, it it be- she became the first female artist to have four consecutive top 3 hits from one album, Ooh. which is which is a very impressive feat. Yeah. And the video is great as well. Like this, well, I think was the video, the first video that had production value from mm. Kylie, uh, with the sets and the lovely dancer who was in black and white and who oh, I think passed away. He's no longer with us. Oh. Um, but yeah, I love that video. It's such can a recall, it was a great video.
1: Can you recall what the woman says to Kylie again at the beginning of the video? And she's standing on the range. What
0: time is it? It's half past six.
1: It is nearly half past six. <laughs> <laughs> oh do you think she's outside in the street dancing with some black and white men? <laughs> but the great thing about this single, of course, and it was a great cover on the single I hasten to add, was that this also featured Made in Heaven. Yes. Which actually made up a little bit for the fact that I wasn't a massive fan of the song. So when I heard Made in Heaven for the first time, by Jiminy, my ears exploded, my eyes started spinning in my head, and it became one of my favourite songs. I always love that, that sound in the background. Do, do, do. Why didn't they put it on the album?
0: I know, it was on the Carly collection, but why didn't they put it on the first album? It seemed like such a waste, because that song was a banger.
1: I don't know if it came a bit later, because it doesn't really sound like anything on the first album, I don't think. It sounded Mm. like a new song. I think, well, it was going to be a double A side, wasn't it? And I think they were going to release Papa Spapakua, and then because it was the fourth song of an album, they were going to try and revive some interest by putting out the other song. But... And they didn't need to because the song went straight to to number two within
0: a couple of weeks. Another anniversary of this week is Music's Too Sad Without You was released on the 13th of October, 2018. So this was the last single off the Golden Album. Mm. Um, Didn't chart except for reaching number 27 on the UK indie chart. Mm. This song was written a few weeks before Kylie went to Nashville. Um, I mean, it's a great song. It's got Jack Severetti written all over it. I mean, it, it's, it's it's such a beautiful song. And I think it, it's, a, in hindsight, thinking that it's a great way to end Golden. Um,
1: you which, you know, you I like that know?
0: album so much. Huh?
1: Did you think it fits into the country, Sarah?
0: No. But the, no, I don't. But I really thought it was a really great way to end it because it kind of went on a journey with, with that album, I thought. And I thought this is a nice, nice, nice way. Um, I, it's one of those ones where I don't actively go out and listen to the song, but when I do, it's, I'm glad I had because it's such mm. a beautiful duet. I think one of her best duets that she's ever done.
1: It's, it's incredibly bleak, and I mean, I love I love quite miserable songs, but it does feel like it's life draining sometimes. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> don't get me wrong when I say that, but there are ballads like Flower, which are kind of beautiful and sweet, and they kind of pull at your heartstrings. And then there's this one that almost sounds like you're being dragged down into sludge and you're drowning. Really? Just a little bit, because it just feels relentlessly miserable. But that said, I think it's lovely. It's a really lovely melody, and I think she sounds brilliant, and I love the fact she's with the track Severity. I mean, I'd love her to do more things with him as well.
0: Like what? Um, just Not just singing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he's a delightfully handsome man. He's also... A, you know,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this week's Finogue,
1: James.
0: Hello. Hello.
2: Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you both.
0: How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Not too bad. Thanks, for, all. thanks so much for joining us and chatting about Kylie. First things first. When did you first discover Lum and Oak? Well,
2: I, I used to go home to lunch when I was at junior school and senior school. And my mum and I used to sit at lunchtimes and watch The Sullivans. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, had, I had pretty grand designs, even at the age of 12, of becoming an actor. And I remember seeing this little girl playing a Dutch girl called Carla on the Sullivans, and thinking, almost with a little bit of sort of jealousy, how does she get that? Why is she doing that? I could do that, except if it was a Dutch boy. Yeah. So I, I vaguely remember her from from that. And then, of course, we used to. When the Sullivans finished, we started watching Sons and Daughters, which, again,
0: oh my brilliant. Watch one of the, the best theme through. tunes as well. Sons Absolutely. and Daughters, is one of the best theme tunes.
2: Absolutely. And then after that, Neighbours came along and got into Neighbours. And then all of a sudden, this girl appeared and punched Jason Donovan in the face. And I looked at her and thought, she looks kind of familiar from somewhere. And it was only years and years and years later, having the internet, being able to do a bit of research, that so I found out that that little Dutch girl was Kylie
0: Minogue. Did yes. you think she was a good actress at that time?
2: I'm not really quite sure. I, I don't think at, at sort of age 12 or 13, I really had any kind of concept of what a good actor and a bad actor was. Nowadays, yeah, if there's bad acting, I love it. And and you can home right on in on it. But um, That's much at, at, at the time... You know, I just thought, oh, she's, she's kind of cool. And I just thought, what a way to make an entrance, punching Jason Donovan in the face. Mm. And from then, I think uh, it was one of those kind of things where everybody was talking about it at school. If there was a water cooler at school, <laughs> we would have been talking about it. And every day we would go in and talk about Neighbours. And um, I remember there was a girl that I was friends with called Louise, and she, I think she was the one who told me, did you know that Kylie from Neighbours is releasing an album? and obviously i was slightly confused and said what kylie flinker she's only about (laughs) and she said no 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 kylie minogue charlene she's releasing an album she's got a single out and then i think i got home a couple of days later and i i had the benefit of having two older sisters who were 10 years older than me and so a lot of the music i listened to was stuff that should have been way beyond my years so i grew up You know, even as a child, grew up with Blondie and Spandau Ballet and Duran Duran and things like that. Even at age sort of five or six, I was listening to stuff like that. And so my sister actually brought the copy of I Should Be So Lucky Home. (laughs) And of course, you know, that iconic first single cover and um, yeah, played it to death. She never got a look in. it, It made its way upstairs to my little tiny record player in my room, and it, it I don't think it left it for months.
1: <laughs> wow. and did you enjoy that song when you first heard it? Because, I mean, I liked it, but I never, as, as I've said many times before, it was got to be certain that it really got me into Kylie. I liked it, but it kind of irritated me a little bit. Because, uh, like you, I, I did love Kylie from the programme, but that song didn't tickle my fancy to the point that I wanted it to. I, I loved it. You I didn't.
0: remember, yeah. I loved it from, from the first time I heard it. Well, but do you recommend, do you remember buying the album? When when you when it first came out, yes,
2: I do. There was where I'm where I'm from, a little place called Chesham in Hertfordshire. The next town up is Waltham Cross, and there's a record store there called Trumps that Ooh. I believe is still there to this day. And I remember very clearly going in with my pocket money. My, my we used to go to Waltham Cross every Saturday. My mum used to go and have her hair done, very eighties thing to do, okay. and um, we would always go to Trump's, always go to Woolworth's. And I remember going into Trump's and buying the album on cassette, if I remember rightly. Oh
0: my God, and amazing. I
2: still have my original cassette. It's a bit beat up, but I've still got
0: it. Yeah, mine too. I remember when I was a kid, when I first got it, Uh, It was that and a couple of months later there was a Kylie collection video I remember getting and when I was a kid I used to put them beside me on my bedside table so I could sleep next to them and then wake up and look at them in the morning. Like literally (laughs) my my mum was like, why are you you putting it there? I was just like, just wake up and look at it in the morning. I was obsessed with
2: it. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't get that until
0: many years later it
2: took me to get the the VHS and the vinyl of uh, the Kylie collection.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they should have just released it over here. Like, I still don't know what was an Australian exclusive. It's um, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the
1: one with she's sitting on her sitting down with her legs crossed. Yeah, with holding that cover. kind of straw hat kind of thing. Yeah, I love the cover for that. I thought it was really really pretty. Yeah. Um, so when you when you listen to the album for the first time, what were the songs that jumped out at you? Because obviously we had a, a maybe a I do I do, we had diverse sounds on the album. You had R and B, you had pop, you had the locomotion. So what would you uh, what, what jumped out at you? The one that really jumped out at me, funnily enough, was Look
2: My Way. Mm. And I think it's because it has, um, it's kind of like sort of post-disco almost. It it reminds me very much of, um, what's that Madonna? There's a Madonna track that it reminds me of. And I can't remember, uh, Physical Attraction. Just if you listen to the, the backing. The backing tracks it just reminded me very much of that and I I remember thinking how sort of boppy and fun I should be so lucky was and locomotion and all those kind of things and then look my way came on and I thought this is a bit sort of this is very grown up this sounds mm. like a really grown like a grown up track you know I mean 87 I was 12 so yeah I just remember thinking wow this, this sounds really grown up you know and she uh, in my eyes when I saw Kylie on the telly it was I I kind of identified with her because she didn't seem that much older than me. And I think it's because Mm. I had two older sisters that they never felt like, I mean, I was never um, sort of shunned for being the little brother. My Mm. sisters were brilliant, took me everywhere. And I think I sort of saw Kylie in the same kind of way, just as a slightly older sister. So she was within my realms of of, of that kind of family, if you know what I mean, as Mm. in I, I accepted her as being a slightly older sister.
0: What um, did you think of um, "Enjoy Yourself" when it when it came out? And "Hand on Your Heart" the, the single.
2: I loved I loved the album. I thought it took a dip in the middle. I'm still not quite fond of of the slower tracks, um, like "Heaven and Earth." Uh, I love that. Yeah, just it took me a long time to appreciate them. At the time, I think it was trying to be a little bit too grown up, and that you know, the, as with all Kylie albums, you get that. That first hit with the first two or three tracks because it's usually certainly during the PWL years it was mm. the singles that they put right up front and center so you didn't miss them and then I, I felt that Enjoy Yourself had a bit of a lull in the middle mm.
1: um,
2: and then went back up because I still think that uh, the title track is is one of my favorites mm, I just think it's totally brilliant.
0: totally I'm did you see her live at this time when she toured the UK with uh, the Joy Stuff?
2: first uh, I saw the let's get to it tour oh, okay and and remember it very very clearly because me and my two friends Claire and Richard were the oldest ones there <laughs> apart, apart from mums and dads we were the oldest ones there and I, the, the only reason i remember it really clearly is because there were two little girls that were sat in the row in front of us and they had the biggest bag of maltesers <laughs> and All three of us, me and Richard and Claire, we kept kind of looking over their shoulders like that at the Maltesers, and this little tiny girl with pigtails turned around and she said, do you want a Malteser? We said, yeah, go on then, and her mum was laughing, and her dad was laughing, and so we we helped ourselves to their Maltesers, but they they were so sweet, I thought it was really
0: sweet, that we were just kind of jokingly looking at their bag of Maltesers, and she turned around and and offered us a sweet, so... In the Preston, when that tour happened, a lot of families and mums were kind of walk their children out because it was a little bit too risque, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I remember very clearly before I'd seen the show, um, there was an article in The Sun, which tells you all you need to know, but um, (laughs) that that, that Kylie was straddling her dancers and she carried a whip. And (laughs) and we thought, you know, okay, this is maybe a bit racy. And then we saw the show and it was like okay. Well, where, where 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 does this happen? Because mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I didn't see a whip. I didn't see I mean she was straddling <laughs> her dance. There were moments that were a little bit risque, but And, and know, the costumes
0: was, were like she wore a G string with some fishnets or something. I yeah, think the in the,
2: of- the infamous uh, sexy bus conductor outfit. Yes. <laughs> the yes. Kind of lacy. I mean,
1: that outfit was it was fine. Until he got down to the ankles because he just stopped at the ankles and I think that always yeah. looks so awful yeah, it <laughs> but, does as as it looked all right actually it wasn't too bad <laughs> but yeah. it was just the bit that just ended the ankles it was just horrible <laughs> but, there, there were yeah. some good things though I, I think the outfit she came out
2: in with the roughly bra and the clear Ooh, oh, I love that. jacket I love yeah. that I think yeah. that's and then it's it's almost like um when the lights came on when that big flash of light and she Kylie has this habit that I've spotted that she does a few times. She almost gives a like a side eye when she's when she sort of knows that she's the shit, you know. She gives a kind of side eye, and she came out in this outfit, and she does it again when she has the black outfit on, and the dancers come around and strip the skirt off, they undo the little ties, and her skirt drops off, and she kind of just gives that pose, and she looks off to one side as if to say, yeah. And and I, I just I love those moments. She's done it a few times. I've spotted it a few times over the years, yeah. but certainly at that age and just finding <laughs> her kind of uh, femininity, adult femininity. Mm. You could tell that she was over the moon with what she was doing and didn't give a
1: single shit what anybody <sighs> thought. No. This was also the tour, wasn't it? Where wasn't Jazzy P on this tour? What did you make of her coming down that ramp? (laughs) I love I love Jazzy P. I'm I'm
2: kind of in touch with Jazzy P at the moment. Oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah. She um, she did a she did an interview with another podcast, and she was saying that that she wasn't actually paid very very much for uh, the rap in shocked, and I I kind of reached out to her and said, well, part of what I I do for a living, I I work for a music company, part of what I do is is something called Neighbouring Rights, which is, in a nutshell, is we get an artist that would sign to us, we would create a full discography of everything they've ever appeared on, and then it goes off to the various collection societies around the world, and then every time their song is played on the radio, they get paid for it. I, I messaged and said, Jazzy, would you please contact me because I might be able to get you something. And so she contacted me. We had a chat on the phone. I put together a discography for her, sent it off. And it's money that's hers that she should be yeah. getting. So anything is better than nothing. But she's, she's the loveliest lady. She's so sweet. She, she called me just before I went to Spain and said, I just wanted to check up on you oh. and make sure you're doing all right. And she's
1: the loveliest woman in the world. <laughs> she really is. So Rhythm of Love, uh, let's get to it, took kind of a different direction from Enjoy Yourself. It was less... It was a little mainstream pop, wasn't it? What did you make of those two albums? Because they're both very, very different in in themselves, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they are. I I think I was possibly the right age at the right time when those two albums came out because I, I was growing into young adulthood and I guess I kind of expected that Kylie would grow into young adulthood at the same time and I remember Rhythm of Love coming out and just seeing that cover and thinking how grown up she looked mm. and then seeing the, the the video for Better the Devil You Know and the opening of that where she's literally running away from her past oh, and I just remember thinking God, this is going to be exciting. This mm-hmm. is going to be so exciting. And it, it didn't bother me in the least that she'd gone from being, you know, a young girl in primary colours to being a woman because mm-hmm. I, could you know, see I could see that transition happening. So, I, mm-hmm. as I say, I think I was, I was definitely the right age at the right time to mm-hmm. see it happening and to be able to accept it. When there were other kids who were maybe five, six, seven, I could see that they would instantly think, "What the hell's mm-hmm. happened to Kylie?" And I remember watching the the Smash Hits poll winners party and seeing that one year she was best pop star, best singer, best female, best dressed. And then as soon as Rhythm of Love came out, she went to all the worst lists or she, she dropped right down because most of the Smash Hits readers, I guess, were kids and they didn't get It was too much yeah. for them to accept that transition. But for me, it was just, I remember seeing about the devil you know, and just thinking, "Wow, this is going to be fantastic."
1: I mean, that's when Kylie's uh, video styles changed too, because he had this. The great run of singles she had from the album, you had Shocked, so that was really sexy. You had and What Do I Have to Do? which was, which at that point for me was my favorite video at that time because she looked stunning in it. She was sexy. And it was just, it looked so kind of arty in a way. It was, it took Kylie completely in a different direction from, from you know, walking around a, <clears throat> a red and yellow Hand on Your Heart video, which she once called controversial, which she was in some ways controversial. Girl. But um, <laughs> it, it was such a, a big shift, wasn't it, in, in the style of Kylie? It was I, I really welcomed it.
2: I did. I did. I thought. I just thought it was brilliant, and uh, it it just got better from there. What What's mm. really strange now? Um, sorry, I'm I'm skipping ahead a little in time, but I remember when the, the KM94 album came out and thinking, "Wow, you know, now she's left PWL. She looks so grown up. She's she's a real adult now." And then. It's only recently being the age that I am now that I've looked back at those clips and think, my God, she's still a child. And she looks like so dressed up and so like, she's so young. She's such a little girl, but she's still so dressed up.
0: Mm. Did you like Impossible Princess?
2: At the time, I wasn't crazy about it. It, It's one of those things. I, I think that maybe was too left field for me at the time. Um, Now I really appreciate it. And I I think it means a lot because you know that it was almost like a stream of consciousness Mm. and everything that was in her muddied brain was, was being sort of churned out into music. And so it took me a long time to appreciate it. I didn't hate it when it came out. I loved uh, some, kind, some Kind of Bliss. I loved Did It Again, which I still think is one of her best videos ever. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, and so, yeah, it was It was a difficult transition because it was, I, I think, for the rest of her career, the, the transition into different eras has been relatively smooth. Whereas from the kind of silky, glittering, uh, acid jazz pop of km94 to then suddenly go from that into moody deep Ooh. electronic dark it was was just like complete night and day yeah. and it was a bit of a kind of struggle to go okay i'm not quite sure what she's doing but i hope she kind of gets through it because obviously at that time it was a bit of a worry that her sales were were just plummeting yeah. and i did worry that it was going to be the
1: end of Kylie it's funny because I think we said in one of the previous episodes that at that point, especially when she was doing Impossible Princess, she had that photographer boyfriend of hers. He was kind of giving her guidance and saying, "Be a bit more like Bjork and all this kind of stuff." He was kind of giving her. This advice, I think there's a lot of people around her who were kind of shaping kind of a little bit. And I think in some ways that period of time like that she may not have hit the mark that maybe the fans wanted, but she needed to do that so that she had the confidence to move on to mm-hmm. then what happens afterwards. That helped her grow up. It was that kind of like transitional period, wasn't it?
0: You can look at like even Golden as as her other transitional period where she needed to get He Who Shall Not Be Named out of a system <laughs> um, to move on to, you know, disco. So,
2: yeah. No, I agree and I, and I think around that time because she was still quite young I think she was trying on various hats mm. and she was trying to find out who she was I did exactly the same I mm. did exactly the same I, I uh, went through various phases of, I went through my James Dean phase I went through mm. my chav gym phase you know and it was it was only when I was in my mid-30s that I uh, it sounds like a stupid thing and you, I, I grew a moustache And my moustache became my identity And it was like okay well, This, this is who I'm supposed to be And I, I have a little bit at the bottom here At the moment But um, yeah it, it sounds really strange But I think you have to go through those transitions And try different hats on And find yeah. out who you are mm-hmm. And I, it, it's wonderful now To see Kylie Totally comfortable with who she is yeah. Completely comfortable But it takes a while to get there I think that's true of everybody.
0: Exactly. Now, now you have a partner who isn't a Kylie fan, correct?
2: Not at all. So not tell not us the all.
0: story about the Hampton Court Palace gig.
2: Well, um, I I knew it was coming up. Um, without going into too much detail, I, I I'd been suffering really badly with anxiety and panic attacks for quite a long time, and so any kind of gig or anything like that was an absolute no-no. The, the, thought of being surrounded by screaming bopping people was Mm. absolute hell for me and so when the Hampton Court gig came up I considered going and then um, the tickets went on pre-sale and I happened to look and for the first date there were two front row seats and I thought okay it's seated it's not going to be you know, a screaming crowd. They're going to be a mixture of Kylie fans and the Hampton Court festival crowd. So it should be okay. And, and I phoned David and literally blabbered down the phone at him. David, there's two seats in the front row. And he said, just book them. He said, doesn't matter. Just book them. So I booked them. And he got home from work that night and I was so excited. Mm. And he said, um, if you can't find another Kylie freak to go with you, then I'll come with you. <laughs> and, um, so he came and we went together and uh, because we're in the front row, I, I, I made a T-shirt that says, hey, Kylie, selfie, because I <laughs> thought there might be an opportunity for her to just turn around and, and do a, a selfie. And so I made a T-shirt for David as well with an arrow pointing at me that said <laughs> he should be so lucky.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was yeah. a good
2: sport and he wore it. And uh, we, we uh, got to the gig. I've never seen her so close up before and it was just the most wonderful experience and halfway through after the first two lines of never too late she stopped singing and said you all know the words to this and she put the microphone straight down at me. And I kind of babbled out two lines relatively in tune and she carried on going. And then after the gig, there was, I mean, David was like this, trying to get his his camera out of his pocket to, to get it. And he didn't get it in time, but there was a woman behind me. And after the gig, she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, I don't know if you're interested or not, but I got all that on video. She said, "Would you like me to send it to you?" And she <laughs> oh, sent me the video, and oh, that was wonderful. So, send it
1: to us so we can put it on the. On our of course, internet? yeah, of course, um, and
2: I, I managed to. And the funny thing as well is, you know, when she was doing the summer festivals and she did those little kind of short clip videos that Mm -hmm. i think were for um for uh, twitter and instagram and stuff like that and there's a fantastic image of that where she literally puts the microphone down and you see me singing and it's like a second and a half long but i managed to get a screen grab of it and so yeah of course i'll send that to you by all means how many
0: times have you seen Kylie live um
2: let me see uh can you bear with me while i go through my mental yeah no worries um (laughs) Let's get to it tour uh i saw her intimate and live i saw um light years uh, on a night like this tour i didn't see fever uh oh i didn't either how funny yeah why didn't you go to fever out of interest it's <sighs> gonna sound really sad i didn't have anybody to go with <laughs> and i didn't want to go on my own <laughs> it's
1: so I, you, didn't. I i didn't go because i i didn't like fever album so and it was a period where Kylie was being a little bit, I think, you know, William Baker's puppet strings were a, a little bit too tight for my liking. And it was all that kind of Doctor Who nonsense, which I couldn't bear. I didn't like it even when I watched it on DVD. Because I loved On a Night Like This. I loved Showgirl. I loved, even Kiss Me Once tour I really liked. I, I didn't go to X know, X is the other one I didn't go to. But I liked it when I watched it. But yeah, Fever just put me off. I, I, really wish, I really wish I'd seen
2: the Fever tour. That was mm-hmm. the, the one that I really wish I'd seen. Um, I, I saw uh, the X Tour, which I really enjoyed. Um, I actually hated Kiss Me Once. The <laughs> album
0: or the tour? The
2: tour. I wasn't crazy about the album either, but I, I hated the tour. Really, really? hated I it. Yeah, it. I
1: it was better than I thought. It was better than Fever.
2: I, I think the Dollhouse Medley is possibly one of the worst things she's ever done. Oh, not be oh ridiculous! I love to look like
1: a baby, <laughs> controversial.
0: Yeah,
2: I'd, so I'd, I have to say, I'm, I'm a very, I am a quite a realistic fan. I appreciate <laughs> that she's done stuff that's been wonderful, but she's also done stuff that is not so great. And for me, the Dollhouse medley, I just, I remember being there watching it and thinking, "What the hell are you doing?"
0: Mm. Oh God, I it, is, loved
1: uh, it. Uh, no, sorry, too. not for me. Not for that me. hidden nostalgia. I was like, "Ooh, I love that." It for the polyphone years, what did you make of her her kind of musical transition? She went from Light Years to Fever to Body Language to X and um, Aphrodite.
2: I, I can't think of anything I've I really disliked. Um, as I say again, I, I felt it was a lot of it was a natural transition. Mm. Um, I thought Body Language was a tiny bit pandering to the U.S. market, mm-hmm. which, if if that was the case, I don't blame her in the slightest. Um, Yeah, there there was nothing there that I really hated. Um, As I say, I wasn't crazy about Kiss Me Once. I loved Aphrodite. I thought that was brilliant. X was a bit of a mishmash. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, since... uh, I I don't know if you've heard all of those six billion unreleased tracks that are all over YouTube these days. And and I think there were tracks that they could have maybe swapped out and made a more cohesive album. Mm -hmm. And it it was kind of strange because there are... There are, there are the sort of the, the ballady, guitar tracks, and then there are the very electronic tracks, and then there are another set of tracks that are sort of something else. And so I think there could potentially have been three albums worth of stuff if she kind of could have got a handle on what direction the mm. album was going in. And, and I, I think X taught her an awful lot about um, direction and, mm. and having a clear direction for an album Project and having a concept in mind because X was, I liked it, but
1: it was all over the
2: place. Yeah, well,
1: I, I think it was did... a bit more together, wasn't it? Because that was all done by Stuart Price. So, yeah. yeah, that was kind of under one kind of umbrella, wasn't it? Really, yeah. And, and I do
2: like that. I like, uh, especially if you're putting an album together, I think it's because of my age and listening to albums from a very young age. I think having an album as a kind of concept. Mm. is a good thing it's something that i enjoy anyway because you know that if you're going to get an album called disco then you're more than likely going to get tracks that are within the same universe
1: and when Um, you heard disco for the first time what was your reaction to that because obviously that that followed golden i mean was a golden a popular album for you and i I liked it at the time it
2: wasn't it's not a favorite i will say it's not a favorite it's not an album i go back to very mm. much um apart from Stop Me From Falling, because I know it irritates David,
0: (laughs) Waterboarding him, is it? (laughs) Well,
2: it's it's not only that, but there've been two tracks so far. One has been uh, Stop Me From Falling, and the other one is Magic, where I've been here in Spain, and I've been sitting in the other room working, and all of a sudden I'll hear this little Spanish voice singing, do you believe in magic? And then uh, it, it happened over and over again. And then eventually he did it and he came in and he, that fucking song, that's your fucking fault that I keep singing that fucking song. And so <laughs> it was, yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it is like, like uh, Kylie waterboarding. Definitely. I love and, that. But yeah, gold, golden was not, it's not a favorite. It's not a bad album by any stretch. It's cohesive. It's clear. It tells you exactly what it is. Um, disco. I had a very bad experience with because I would looked forward to it so much. And I was actually here in Spain last year when it was launched. And I said to David, need to stay up till midnight or one o'clock in the morning, which would be my time, which is midnight in the UK. I have to stay up till 1 a.m. because I want to hear the, the first play of this. And the only place I could find it at the time was on Amazon Music. And I remember sitting there with a fixed grin on my face and thinking to myself and not wanting to say it to David, I hate this. I don't like this. I hate this. This is awful. This has not gone anywhere. What the hell's this? And I just remember my heart sinking and I went mm-hmm. to bed feeling really, really unhappy <laughs>
0: oh my God. because
2: I'd expected so much from it. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to it, the ne- I mean, I woke up the next day and played it, on Spotify through speakers, complete change, completely changed it. And what it turned out was because a lot of flat screen tellies these days have really bad speakers, the whole album just sounded completely dull and completely Mm. muddy and completely flat. And it was only when I played it the next day on Spotify through speakers that it sparkled and instantly changed my mind. But that whole night, I didn't sleep that night because I thought, oh, my God, this... This album's horrible. I hate it. I'm so mm. disappointed. I've spent hundreds of pounds on buying it on every single. Oh. <laughs> like <laughs> me, <laughs> and is it a waste of money? You know, but yeah, as, as it turned out, it was it was just the telly making it sound really flat. Completely ruined it.
0: You're a collect. You're a collector, aren't you? So, I what am. would be the most rarest Kylie memorabilia that you have in your collection?
2: Um, as far as my records go, records, not vinyls. Um, hate it when people say that i'm really sorry uh the probably the rarest one i think at the moment is the let's get to it cherry red box set
0: oh yeah um
2: i have a couple couple of other things i've got um i think it's korean uh secret take you home one track promo cd and that seems to go for quite a lot on uh discogs and ebay and places like that but um I've been kind of lucky in in collecting the vinyl. I've got quite a lot. Um, Amazing. Especially with the albums and all the special editions and all that kind of stuff. I can't help myself.
0: (laughs) Me neither. So what do you think Kylie should be doing next after disco?
2: I I have quite a strong opinion on this. I would love to, however, there is a caveat for this. I would love to hear her do a synthwave album. Ooh. I'd love to hear her do something. Um, synthwave is, is something I'm really into, and film soundtracks and things like that. There's a, a, a couple of um, artists um, called Le Matos, and another one called Le Youth, and another one mm. called, uh, oh no, sorry, not The Youth, Electric Youth. Electric. And um, they do this amazing synthwave kind of neon soaked Miami nights driving in a testa down the malibu sunset roads you know and it's just that kind of ice cold 80s inspired but but grown-up 80s synth wave Ooh. and i would love for kylie to work with someone there's a guy called robert parker who does fantastic stuff i would love to hear her work with him and for him to create a fantastic ice cold synth wave soundtrack and then have kylie's ethereal vocals over the top
1: oh, really?
2: um, however my, my only caveat to that is something like uh, The, uh, the weekend has done that track called Blinding Lights mm-hmm. which is synthwave for the masses and I, I would worry that if Kylie were to go down that direction now people would say oh she's just copying The weekend, she's just jumping on the bandwagon um, mm-hmm. which is a shame because I, I do think it's a genre that would really really suit her a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at that green problem, Lamatos. I've just found them. Um, yeah, that's the thing, I think she needs good concepts because I like the idea of having, as you say, like disco and kind of golden to a degree. You, you know what you're getting and it feels like it's part of a journey because I think sometimes when it's such a disparate uh, collection of songs that don't chell, then it, it, you, kind of think, you kind of think to yourself, well, it didn't really make sense to me. But then if you've got this kind of sound that runs all the way through it, it just makes an album so much more you return to it more, I think, because you feel yeah. like, and you listen to all the songs as a whole more. When you, when you've got something like an X, where you know you've got no more rain, and then you've got nudity, or whatever, you know, you're going to listen to the ones that you like. As a but, you don't listen to them as a whole. You know, with Light Years, for example, that I mean, well, you know, that had that kind of sound all the way through it. And even with the ballads, it felt like it was part of the whole album, except for obviously the Dreadful Kids. Um, but. Yeah, I want, I'd like her to, do, I want her to use concepts and I think it's a good idea for her to do these kind of, to take a sound or a, or a style and then create a whole album around it.
0: Lastly, the last question. If Carly dialled in now and sat here, what would you say to her? I,
2: I, I listen every week and I've been thinking about this because I had a feeling you'd, you would ask me that question. It, it's a really tricky one. I, I don't think I would have One thing that I would want to say to her, I know that a lot of people from from listening previously have said they would just like to say thank you. Um, I think that's a given. I think everybody would like to say, anybody who's a fan would like to say that. What I would really like to do is sit down with her for a while, make her a cup of tea, and ask all those burning fan questions. I would love to just be able to sit down with her, even just for half an hour. And just say right i really want to ask you about this and this and this and for her to be completely candid i I wouldn't go into her personal life it's more about her Mm -hmm. career that i'm interested in and just okay why did you decide to do bio dome you know what (laughs) things like that i think she got uh, cash um, (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) But, but i would love to ask you know there's so many questions that people are all saying you know why did she do this or whatever happened to this track why wasn't this track released and I think that would be my angle. But I don't think there's just one thing that I could say to her. I would love to just be able to sit down and have a really casual chat and for her to be completely candid.
0: Oh, amazing. Well, James, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and on talking to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: You know what, Christian? I know I've said this time and time again. It, you know, chatting to Kylie fans is, is really rewarding because I had a bit of a moment. Now, I'm going to be very candid.
1: Hey.
0: What gives us, me, and you, mm. the right to do this? What gives? Why, you know, I'm no one special. You, you're a journalist. You've met her a few times. I met her a few times. We're Kylie fans, but like I don't know. I had I had, I had a bit of a wobble this week. Going, you know, why? Why are we doing this? Like it's, I don't know. I had this moment, and then I keep thinking about the people we're meeting and the people we're chatting to. Mm. And hearing their stories it kind of it, it, it i don't know it makes me feel really good that we're connecting to these other people around the world um yeah i, I just don't know i don't feel qualified to to do this
1: but, but then you've got to remember that we're just like the other fans i mean we are no different to anyone else we're absolutely normal people but we all went through the same experience of growing up listening to kylie um and so i guess we have every reason to do this i mean you know, we're celebrating someone we really like and it's it's important to uh, to do that. And, you know, by, by doing it, we're we're bringing other people together and they're getting to share their stories. I mean, I tell you what would be really good fun because I, I realise that, I mean, I know we've kind of talked about it in passing, but we should really do it. We should really do each other one week, be for for the day, because there's probably certain things that we've said over the course of over 50 episodes. But I'd be very impressed if anyone can remember anything we say. Um, but it'd be quite good to focus our, our, our memories a little bit maybe we can do that at some point maybe maybe yeah. Christmas time because you know I
0: did go back and because I, I never re-listened to these episodes right we, we edit it we put it out and that's it I actually went back this week and listened to some of the earlier episodes God we were like the quality is terrible isn't it yeah, the sound wise it's not great it's what were you listening to I listened to the Enjoy Yourself
2: I oh no! Listen to already. a little
0: bit. Of, yeah, listen. Yeah, listen. Enjoy yourself, episode. I, I'm not even going to bother listening to the first one because it's terrible.
1: Oh, <laughs> there's uh, a filter sound filter. It, it sounds like we we're in the toilet. And that's the one we actually did live together. I know. I know. It's probably the worst sound. I mean, it's a terrible one to open with, but hey.
0: Oh well, thanks so much for this week, Christian. It's been loads going on. There's so much um, Carly stuff, and there's some more exciting stuff to talk about next week. But let's wait till then. Oh, I can't
1: wait, I can't wait. Um, Yes, all right, brilliant. Um, All right, speak to you later. Bye. Bye.